Hi, welcome to Ask a Pastor. This is a podcast we've been doing for about six, seven months now, uh, simply delivering some content to questions that uh, people have submitted. Uh, we're also letting this play on Word FM on Fridays in our regular radio spot. Uh, you can get it in some other means as well via our church app. Uh, so you can download the church app if you want to. If you're watching instead of listening, I do want to point out that I have on some Kids Fest swag today, which is a way of just subtly advertising Kids Fest, which is a phenomenal camp uh, here in our Wexford campus. We'll also be offering it in the Strip District, Butler County this year. But here at Wexford, uh, some 1,400 kids will come together for the month of July and create just a, a great atmosphere to learn about God and have a blast. And one of the reasons I'm wearing it today is I'm joined by Emily. Roberts, who is our director of kids ministry here at our Wexford campus and also kind of helps make sure we're running in the other places as well. And Emily uh, is one of the people who helps to make Kids Fest and all of our kids ministry run. So welcome, Emily. Thank you. Uh, Thanks for joining me here today. And today we're going to jump into a couple questions. The first question is this. It says, in many devotionals, there are instructions to meditate on a passage of scripture. What does this look like? Does the idea of meditation have a similar background to Eastern religions, uh, like yoga from the previous podcast that, that, uh, yeah. that we had on that subject? So, yes. so talk to us about meditation, the, the pros, the biblical use of it, and then uh, kind of the concern about is this an Eastern religious practice and, you know, where does it get into that? Okay. Um, so it was funny. I had to kind of refresh myself even on the definition of meditation because there's a lot of different Mm. definitions. (laughs) Mm -hmm. There's a lot of synonyms. There's a lot of different ways that people perceive it. So I was, I was brushing up on that and I did come across, um, something that John Piper wrote actually on, is it okay to yeah. Sorry. <laughs> to this is just you and me having a conversation with, you know, several thousand friends listening. John in. Piper. All Hopefully right. that's okay that I'm naming his name um, from a Desiring God article. Okay. And I just thought it was really helpful because he, you know, said pastorally the word meditation in Hebrew means basically to speak or to mutter. So mm-hmm. correct me if I'm wrong. Nope, on that comes right out of Psalm 1, actually, where, okay. where you get that idea. Okay. Mm-hmm. And when this is done in the heart, it is called musing or meditation. So meditating on the word of God day and night means to speak to yourself the word of God day and night and to speak to yourself about it. Mm -hmm. I thought that was a really helpful definition because I was pulled in a lot of different directions about Mm -hmm. what what biblically Mm -hmm. is meditation. So I love that he talks about speaking to ourselves about the word of God, I think that for Christians, the beginning of meditation is the word mm-hmm. of God, typically. Um, and so and so he used the words musing. I found other synonyms that are thinking, pondering. Um, I've heard people call it sitting with. So mm-hmm. you're kind of dwelling there for a while. You're sitting and taking your time as you're understanding the word of God, Mm -hmm. uh, it it feels different to me than just studying the word Mm -hmm. of God, that there's a different goal in mind Mm -hmm. um, with meditation versus um, when you're studying and um, maybe more cerebral and maybe the meditation, uh, not to disconnect the two, maybe there's danger there, but but maybe the the heart. It's a different practice to get to what you hope will be a similar end. 
Mm -hmm. uh, because I think you're right in the impulse to say, I don't want to disconnect heart and head. Mm -hmm. but, but the meditative practice is different than the practice of studying or reading or memorizing. Yes, mm -hmm. yes, because I think, um, it was funny, he did, he did, now that I'm thinking back, he did quote Psalm 1 there, mm -hmm. um, talking, uh, is that the same Psalm where he says, uh, uh, blessed is the man who delights mm -hmm. and meditates on the law of the Lord. Mm -hmm. um, and so, uh, so how do we meditate? I think the question again was, mm -hmm. what does this look like? Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's a lot of different ways that we can do this to get to this end, I mm -hmm. think. There's a lot of different people that would say, well, set this sort of environment and mm -hmm. put away your cell phone. And, you know, but I think the important thing is that we're, the heart is desiring, the mind is desiring to experience God and to be transformed in that experience, starting with the word of God, maybe mm -hmm. moving into prayer. Um, so I'd love to hear more of maybe yeah. practically hash out practically what that looks like, I guess. But I know for me, it's been, it, there hasn't really been a formula other right. than you thinking, thinking and dwelling and sitting there as I um, really take in the word of God. Yeah. Um, well, it, it seems to me there's a few things that are important to say here. One is that, um, there is a danger in meditating, and I think the question asks this around Eastern religion, like isn't this just a Eastern religious practice that people are bringing into Christianity? And hmm. my emphatic answer would be no, based on Psalm 1, mm -hmm. um, that Psalm 1, we're clearly told, meditate on the law of the Lord, and that means to sit and ponder, consider, to speak, to muse, to, to go over and over again mm -hmm. until it sinks in. Mm -hmm. And that's really the idea of meditation, and that's why it's different from studying, different from reading. When you read, uh, like if you've ever been on a Bible reading plan, trying to read through the Bible in a season, what you're trying to do is you're trying to get through the Bible. What you're doing in meditation is you're trying to get the Bible through to you. Mm. And I think the danger from the Eastern religion side or secular meditation is what secular meditation does is it says empty your mind of everything and go with whatever comes into your mind. Mm. Um, and so you really are, are not being directed or guided in your meditation. That doesn't mean that that's not helpful, like, like to sit and just say, I'm just going to empty my mind and have some thoughts, uh, give myself space to think, put my cell phone down. Like, like that, of course, can be helpful. But Christian meditation is where you're intentionally focusing on the word of God uh, to try to get it into your heart, to try to, 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 to speak to you. So uh, a few weeks ago, I spoke on Psalm 27. And it was the, uh, in part of our One Thing series, and it says, one thing I ask, that I can seek the Lord, that I can uh, gaze on his beauty over and over. Well, what we naturally do is we gaze at and look at what we find beautiful. Yeah. And the, the challenge of meditation a lot of times is if we aren't finding what we see in the scripture beautiful, then we won't naturally want to meditate on it or gaze on it. What we'll do instead is we'll look at something else that we find compelling. And what we, what we want to do is, is sometimes discipline ourselves to think about something until we get to where mm. we start to say, you know what, that, I, I really do believe that. Um, and so back to like Psalm 27, it was David expressing some concern because he was being besieged by, by people. And, and when he was be in that situation, what, what happened was he said, the Lord is my stronghold. Well, um, whenever we find ourselves in a situation where we say, I'm overwhelmed by fear, by concern, by dread, I can read the Lord is my stronghold. Um, I can study the word. 
um, and try to figure out what it means exactly and ask questions like, well, does stronghold mean he'll never fail me? Does it mean that, you know, it's a spiritual strike? You know, what does it mean? That's studying. Meditation is, okay, now I need to really sit and say, what would it mean for God to be my stronghold? Mm. What would it mean for me to live in that reality? And, and to sit with it long enough and, and, and mull over the, the, the meaning and the images so that it becomes real to us instead of saying just, oh yeah, God's my stronghold, but mm. I still got to figure this out. Mm. Instead, I all of a sudden move into living and experiencing that. And so uh, I find meditation to be one of the keys to spiritual life. I, I think mm -hmm. without it, our spiritual life will always get stuck at a certain level mm. because we won't, we won't internalize and we won't um, take that step of, of making it personal. Mm -hmm. What we'll do instead is we'll say, I know this in theory, but we won't actually live in the reality of something as simple as God is my stronghold. Yes. Um, so. And as you're talking, I'm remembering too, I read a book, um, Ruth Haley Barton, a woman that I love who writes about spiritual disciplines. Mm -hmm. And she talks about um, uh, um, meditating on scripture being transformational mm -hmm. versus informational. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if she borrowed that yeah. from somewhere else, if that's her original quote, right. but I think that's helpful too. Mm -hmm. um, well, you need both, but, but yeah. if you get stuck at informational rather than transformational, then yes. it'll be that just getting through the Bible rather than getting the Bible through to, yes. to us. So. That's great. So good. Um, well, thank you. Uh, here's a, another question, Emily. It says, how can I be thankful in everything? Uh, and then they quote 1 Thessalonians 5.18, which is the be thankful in everything verse, when so many hard things keep happening in my life. So the question is, how can I be thankful when I feel like I'm just getting pummeled with hard things? Yes. <laughs> so um, when I heard this question, you know, it's one I think we hear a lot in ministry. Mm -hmm. um, the the idea of suffering obviously comes out here um and i remember at a time when i was meeting with a mentor and i that's where so much of my transformation has happened you know and and this i was talking about oh this season is so difficult and how am i going to get through mm -hmm. it and this and that and i remember her asking the question that maybe other folks have asked to younger christians before are you greater than your master and that's really biblical, right? I mean, are we greater than mm -hmm. Christ who has suffered? And in that suffering um, <laughs> was, was praying, you mm -hmm. know, was um, praying for his enemy, was mm -hmm. um, turning his soul over to God, you know, perfectly trusting God in his suffering. Mm -hmm. And so I, I kept thinking that quote kept popping back into my mind. Well, are, are we greater than our master now? Um, I never want to minimize suffering either because it's easy, I think, just to say, well, trust God, trust God, trust mm -hmm. God when, well, well, guess what? I've been sexually abused as a child or I've, you know, I've been, so, when someone says something like that, you're mm -hmm. like, man, that is heavy, you mm -hmm. know, um, or, um, things I've seen on the news recently, mm -hmm. you know, just a woman who had special needs, who was, was raped mm -hmm. by one of her caregivers, mm -hmm. terrible things, mm -hmm. terrible things. Um, I love, I think just the truth is though, that Jesus, our master, knows great suffering. Mm -hmm. um, 
that's, I mean, that's what makes Christianity really yeah. unique. Yeah. Um, that our, that our Lord, that our master has gone to very dark places mm-hmm. f- on our behalf. And so, uh, it makes me get a little teary just because of mm-hmm. the beauty of how Christianity is different mm-hmm. from other religions. So getting a little bit off track, I can, uh, my heart breaks for suffering yeah. and yet, um, I also know that we have a great savior. And so, um, how do you, uh, you know, you wrestle with those things. And, um, but I think to the hope of Christianity yeah. that we know that there is a kingdom, um, that God is developing and growing even now. Right. And that if God is for us, who can be against us? Right. If, you know, we have all of these scriptures that are, when push comes to shove, if, if, if we don't have hope, what do we have? Yeah. Right. And we do have a hope that right. is, well, I heard somebody once say, so this is not my original idea. If Romans eight twenty eight is true, which is God causes all things to work together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose, then I need to practice first Thessalonians five eighteen, mm. which is be thankful in everything. Mm. What's hard is obviously when something bad happens, my natural impulse isn't to say God's going to work this together for my good. Hmm. It's to say this is awful. Or our other impulse can be to minimize what you talked about to say, oh, just be thankful, trust God. And I don't think either is, is the ideal. I think the ideal is to be able to say this hurts, this is lousy, but there are probably some things I don't understand about this, um, some things I can't see. Hmm. <clears throat> and therefore, I'm going to choose to trust that God is at work in a way that I don't understand or see. Mm-hmm. And that's why I can choose to be thankful. Mm-hmm. Um, and thankful in a situation is not thankful for. And, and that's another important distinction. Sometimes people are like, well, I'm thankful that this thing happened. It's like, no, no, no. It, you're thankful in the midst of it because you know a God who holds this in his hand. Yeah. That doesn't mean you're thankful that a bad thing or a hard thing happened. Yes. Of course not. You're sad. You're devastated. You're, you're upset. You, you, you feel like, like things have been, been taken from you that are important. But you're able to say, but I know that there's a God who, who is not um, without... Um, uh, a horse in this race, so to speak, yeah. uh, that he does care, that he is involved in some way. I just can't see it. And, and yeah. so many times what I've seen over the years of being a pastor is that, is that when something hard happens, we think we know what the outcome should be, but we can't see five years down the road and how what feels like a bad thing today might lead us in all kinds of good directions in the future or what it might spare us. And, and that's the part that, that yes. we can't see. So, so I feel less confident in my ability today to judge good and bad as outcomes, to name something good and bad. Um, not, that, not, not that, again, I'm happy if something that I perceive as bad happens, mm-hmm. um, but, but to even say that's that now, obviously the most extreme cases, of course you're gonna say, oh, that, that in and of itself is bad. Yeah. But God may take what's bad and bring good from it. And that's mm-hmm. that's the hope. And that's where I think the thankfulness comes from. Absolutely. So. Yeah. So. Um, well, here's here's another question. It says, I'm single. I'm struggling with not being married. Is God behind this? If so, why? Hmm. So. Uh, so talk to us about that. Well, I'm single. I'm struggling with not being married. Is God behind this? That's a big question. I think that... And you could probably insert anything that you're struggling with 
yes, not this, just this issue. Yeah. Obviously, this is this person's presenting issue, but, yeah. but anything that you say, this isn't working, is God behind it? If so, why? Yeah, and this may match well with some of the things we just talked about mm -hmm. with suffering and um, trying to figure some of that out. But, you know, it, there's a couple of thoughts that I have. Um, so God has set our creation into motion in a lot of ways that we, um, he, you know, I've heard it explained that he's not a, a, a puppet master, right? Mm -hmm. He's not just strings attached and behind every um, detail there. A lot of things he set into motion and has given us our, our free will and our decisions. Um, and so, you know, it's tricky um, with questions like these because um, I, it, I, it's really hard to say if God is behind you not being married. I, I don't think that um, a God is just um, in certain seasons. I don't think he just withholds or he just gives. I think we have to be really careful with how we discern some of that. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that it, is God behind you not being married? Um, I would say, well, what is, what is your dating life looked like? Have you, have you been a good, um, partner? Are you part of the, you know, and not mm -hmm. just as God part of the problem, but right. where is my action coming into play? And, and some of the folks that I've chosen to right. date or, um, you know, to, to experience, um, I don't think that God is just standing behind the scenes to, keep shutting doors in your face or something, but going back to the, the struggling purpose as well, I also know from scripture that there are things that he withholds from us because it may not be the right mm -hmm. season and he sees down the road, right. as you have kind of hinted at in our earlier conversation. So Right. Well, there's, there's probably a couple things that we need to affirm here. W one is that being single is good. And I think our modern culture has equated being married or having a romantic partner with, with the highest good. Yeah. And saying, without that, you are somehow not worthy. And yes. scripture is very clear in affirming the beauty of singleness and that single is a whole number, one's a whole number. And I think that's important to, to say because, again, to equate singleness and marriedness or coupledness as one's good, one's not good, yeah. is not a good understanding of scripture, uh, first and foremost. S secondly, I would say any struggle, whether it's to have a spouse or to have a job, to have a child, to have you know, a different job, to have a claim, whatever it is, where you say, I'm not getting this, um, is God behind this? If so, why? Mm -hmm. um, well, in one sense, yes, if God's involved in your life, then, then there's a part of it, but, but God never allows us to abdicate responsibility because he's at work. Mm. And what that means is, is I never get to say, well, this was just God's thing. I do need to look at my own habits, the kind of situations I'm putting myself in. Mm -hmm. uh, am, I, am I pursuing this? Uh, I, I have a couple college-age sons, and one of the things I've, I've said to them is, is don't, don't be bashful at looking when you're in college because it's a time that people look. And, mm -hmm. you know, but I see people all the time who are past college and then they're like, oh, I can't meet anybody. There's nobody to meet. Well, you'll never again have a time when there's so many 
people in one space that are at the same stage of life mm-hmm. with some similar experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't mean that it's that, 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 you know, God did something or they didn't do something, but just saying, you know, sometimes I wouldn't pin it on God mm-hmm. if you sat in your dorm room and played video games for four years. And <laughs> not right. that they're doing that, but, uh, <laughs> but, but at some point it's like, you know, don't, don't be like, Where's well, God did me wrong yeah. because I don't have somebody when I never even tried. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe you've, you've dated people. And, uh, I think I heard somebody say this once too. Um, while you're looking for that person, be the person that's the person you're looking for would want to marry. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a great line because mm-hmm. so many times what we do is we run around, um, living in a way that isn't, um, isn't attractive to the person that we'd actually want to marry. And then we wonder why they never find us or we never find them in yes. our lives. And so, so putting our lives into a place where, where we can see God work. Um, so, so I would say, is God in it? Yeah, but I also would be cautious of saying, but I'm blaming God uh, for something that I don't want. And again, I would really say back off of the, that's bad and that's good. Be a whole person, be content in that, and mm-hmm. you'll be a better partner to somebody somewhere down the road. Mm-hmm. If you need that person, you're going to be too needy and you're going to crush that future marriage mm-hmm. with the weight of what you're loading into it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can go into it as somebody who, who comes as, as full as possible on your own and in Christ, then you'll be ready to actually be married. So maybe part of why it hasn't happened is God's wanted to foster that even inside you. Yeah. And he sees what's coming and wants to grow that some more. I think too, I liked the word that you said about singleness uh, is not bad. Mm -hmm. You know, I had seasons where I loved being single and then I had seasons where I really struggled with it. You know, I would say Mm -hmm. that there were times where I maybe rushed through and I just find somebody, you know, um, with the panic of getting older or Mm -hmm. something like that. But the other thought too was, oh my gosh, I'm so freed up Mm -hmm. to serve. Um, not that we can't serve with our spouses and our families and, but there's a different time. There's verses that actually say that, that, that yes. uh, Paul says, you know, if I'm a single person, if you're, you know, not married, stay that way because you can serve. But if you're married, you all of a sudden have somebody else yes. to deal with. And, and I especially have found some women who, you know, serve in kids ministry just because we get, you know, seem to get more women there. Not that I haven't mm-hmm. met great single men as well, but just for whatever reason, cross paths with these women. And I tell them all the time, I'm like, you are using your time so well, mm-hmm. you know, serving kids yeah. um, in a way that some folks who are married don't take time to do, right. or maybe are, are limited in time because yeah. of children and, and their ministry, right. you know, pulls them home. So all that to say, um, I just, I want to, um, I think we can waste that time yeah. worrying about what's next yeah. um, rather than, wow, I have all of these hours in the day to right. really give my life away and to develop my own soul, as you said. So yeah. all that to say, it it's can be a really exciting time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good. Well, thank yeah. you. Mm-hmm. And uh, thanks for joining us on Ask a Pastor. If you have a question, send it to askapastor at orchardhillchurch.com. We'll be happy to interact with it in a coming episode. Thank you.